So choosing courage helps build inner trust. It grows strength. And we're actually developing new neural pathways in the brain when we choose courage, despite being scared. So it's sort of like teaching the body and the mind and the soul that it's safe. It's not typically life-threatening or dangerous to choose the harder, but definitely more authentic path. Welcome to Ritual by Sageborn, where we discuss daily practices for naturally vibrant skin and overall well-being. For today's episode, I bring back my best friend, Anna, for her fourth visit on the podcast. We discuss ways to cultivate courage and how to live your most authentic life by staying true to your inner soul and guide. I am so grateful for Anna's continued wisdom and guidance. To hear more from Anna, be sure to listen to episodes number one, eight, and 11. Here's my conversation with Anna. Miss Anna, my friend, here you are. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, here with you. Hello. Oh my gosh. It's so great to see you and, and spend time with you again tonight. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast again and, and have you share your wisdom with all of our listeners and me, which is so exciting. And, um, but before I get started, I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about, um, our relationship for, especially for people who have never listened into the other three we've done. So this is our fourth time that I've had you as a guest on the podcast and just also talk a little bit about your background too. But, um, so for the listeners who have, are just now, let's say listening into this podcast, Anna is my bestie bestie. We have known each other (laughs) since we were 16 years old and we met in high school in Billings, Montana, and we've been the best of friends ever since. And here we are now, oh God, in our forties <laughs> and, and, um, you know, we, when I first decided to do this podcast, I immediately contacted Anna and said, Hey, what do you think about, about this podcast thing? Will you, will you do the first one with me? And, and without hesitation, Anna said, I'm in, let's do it. And I literally think we recorded like a week later and I'm shaking inside. It was was pretty scary for me too. I I was like, what are we doing here? But it was so fun. And, and now here, this is our fourth time and it's just so special. And, and, you know, Anna's background, I mean, is very extensive over 15 years of experience as a clinician in the health and wellness field, and also uh, clinical social worker, uh, family and marriage counselor. Um, what am I missing? Anna mindfulness, uh, <laughs> Okay. That, education. That, I mean, it's captured. amazing. I mean, your background is amazing. Hmm. Well, I, at the moment I'm teaching uh, intro to social work class at our local community college, um, which has been really, really fun. Just connecting with people interested in this field of service and reform and giving back. So that's been my most recent endeavor Nice. Nice. And Anna is currently enrolled in a two-year mindfulness meditation course, um, through Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock. And she's a little over a year in, 
Is that, is that right? Yeah. So about, yeah, 11 months to go. Oh my word. Oh my word. How's it going for you? Yeah, it's going really well. It's, um, at the moment we're right at the point of talking about, uh, it's actually titled the courage to teach. So our topic tonight on courage is, um, really well-timed with what I've been learning and reflecting on even for myself and my own process and my own obstacles around courage. So I'm excited to share some wisdom. Hopefully, hopefully it's helpful wisdom for people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and I also want to mention that Anna and I recently just got back from a beautiful trip to Sedona, Arizona, where we did a half marathon together um, in early February. And we have done probably, would you say about 10 races together? Yeah, yeah, definitely around there. Well, okay. So we, we sign up for them together, but we don't run together. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine. You're, you're always at the, at the finish to cheer me in. No, man, we're, (laughs) you know what, we go through all the motions together. I mean, we go, we stock up at the whole foods uh, for all of our goodies the night before. And we've got a pretty good routine at this point. I mean, we've traveled to so many really cool places and done so many really cool races together. And some of those experience have experiences have been the best of my life. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. we've run, um, some crazy races in the heat and in the desert and in Napa Valley through a vineyard. I mean, we've done some really cool, cool races together and they've all been lots of fun, lots of laughs, um, some tears in there too, but, uh, mostly we just have a really great time connecting. So we, we have that in common as well. So that is a really fun, fun time together. So, um, I, I love how both of us just, we do it for the pure delight of it. It's like not about time or anything competitive or serious this really at all. It's, I'm so happy that we can share in that joy of just the pure joy of the process of it. And we always finish. So that's good. We always finish and we always um, have really good food when we're done. So yes, that's (laughs) always leading up as well. We always seek out the, the finest organic, healthy spot that we can find wherever we travel. And we usually do pretty good finding those really cool spots. Even if we have to drive two hours to get to it, we, we still do it. So, so, um, so Anna, I just want to thank you again for just Mm -hmm. being there for me and for, you know, having the courage to do this podcast with me and, um, and share your knowledge and wisdom with, with everyone. And so, you know, I was trying to think of what are we going to talk about? And I feel like courage and fear are definitely, you know, in everyone's lives, um, at different times and moments. And I don't think, you know, fear really goes away. It's usually Mm -hmm. always kind of there and in different, um, I guess, times in our life. And, And so we thought about doing, well, Hey, let's talk about cultivating courage and and how we can guide others to have the courage to, you know, make some difficult decisions in their lives or have the courage to run a half marathon or have a difficult conversation or whatever, whatever it is. It's really anything outside of 
our comfort zone and yeah. anything that's not familiar within maybe our usual way of doing things would require some element of courage. So it, it's a very important topic and it definitely feels very real for me as well at this, at this moment. And um, I know I've said to you stuff that yes, these podcasts take courage for me mm-hmm. to, I know. <laughs> to do. And um, they, they are out of my comfort zone in a big way. And yet um, they have a lot of meaning for me. Like I, I really connect to what you're creating and trying to do with the information that you're making available to people for free. Um, That holds a lot of truth for me. And um, so, yeah, it's that will lead us into our definition of courage maybe shortly, but the fact that this process, despite the nervousness or anxiety it brings on for me or definitely fear at times um, because it carries so much meaning. I keep just, I keep saying, yes, I keep turning towards you and going along with it. All of, all of your wild ideas. You you haven't turned me down yet. (laughs) And and when you do at that point, I should probably be really worried because maybe the idea is like way too crazy. Maybe you've taken it too far. I've taken it. I can't imagine that happening because (laughs) you are also very driven by what has meaning and um, what carries a larger purpose for things, which is totally where my passion's at too. So I love that we have that in common. Yes. Yes, for sure. I'm so, so glad that we're connecting here tonight and, and, um, talking about courage. So let's, let's dive in. What do you think? Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Okay. So when we, I guess let's start with talking about what is the definition of courage? Yeah. So, um, I actually, wanted to look this up just from, from some different resources and just see what felt applicable for this discussion. Um, because of course, like with anything, you can find all kinds of different points of view on what one word means. So the one that really felt to me like it was um, applicable here and relevant to this discussion about, you know, really that's at the heart of helping people create wellness and well-being and health in their lives. Uh, so that definition includes that um, courage is really a conscious choice. So we we get to choose courage. Um, it tends to be motivated by a virtuous emotion, maybe something like compassion or concern or love or passion. Um, it's a choice we make, even though we're scared. So in the context that we'll be talking about it, I just want to be really clear that we're not talking about courage in the way that it would cause harm to ourselves or someone else. And of, of course, you know, safety always matters. So right. I'm not suggesting that you do anything that's unsafe, um, right. life or death kind of examples. Right. Um, I really like Maya Angelou's quote that says, courage is the most important of all virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Hmm. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like this basis that we we need in order to 
live a life that we can feel good about. Right. No, that's, that's cool. I love how you said that too, with the, with the safety, um, because, you know, there are things that pop up in your life where, you know, you maybe choose, like, you just don't want to do it because you are worried that you could be physically harmed. Like, okay, I don't want to jump off that high dive because it doesn't really matter to me, but everybody's, you know, encouraging me to do it, but I'm really scared. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, where do we find that line of like pushing ourselves to do something, but also maybe then also honoring ourselves? Mm -hmm. Does that kind of make sense? I mean, I use that example because I, I had that happen to me as a kid. Um, and it just popped into my head, but I remember having all this pressure to jump off this high dive and I did not want to do it. I, I was just like, I didn't want to do it because I wasn't a very good swimmer and I was scared to death. I didn't want to do it. And what's the point? Why do I have to jump off this high dive? So then I finally just decided to do it. And boy, it scared the bejesus out of me. I mean, I climbed up to that high dive. I think I was probably about eight years old and mm. I did it just so the people encouraging me to do it and kind of teasing me would just stop doing it. Did you feel more confident afterwards? Did you feel like a sense of strength or no, like, okay. You didn't feel mighty and strong. I did not because I belly flopped and it hurt. And I was just kind of like, why did I do that? That was not very fun. You know, I didn't in that scenario, I don't remember it being very like, I'm so proud of myself. And I'm so I had like, I didn't have more self-confidence walking out of that. Um, you know, that swimming area, I, I definitely felt like, God dang it. Why did I just, so, why did I do that? So you that know? might be more like a definition of bravery. Um, <laughs> as I was researching and preparing things for this discussion too, I came across some areas that interchange courage and bravery and others that said, you know, something like that might be bravery, an act of bravery mm -hmm. because it doesn't tend to have a cause behind it. Right. Like you were just trying to get people off your back. Maybe that was your cause, but um, whereas courage <laughs> tends to have some underlying motivation that typically might have heart and meaning for our lives. Mm -hmm. So that and help I, with self-confidence and help. Or just even living and choosing to live a life true to yourself, true to who you really are. Yeah. So um, like fears that can show up might be a fear of what other people think, mm -hmm. in which case courage could apply to know my worth even if they think blank mm. or, you know, a fear of like losing something like money or status. Um, and the courage would apply to perhaps proceed wisely, of course, um, with small steps. Uh, so it's not like you're going to maybe quit a job that provides, you know, food and shelter for your family. Right. But you might take small steps in the direction of what feels more meaningful to you. Yes. Um, right. Like a fear of failure. I mean, I hear that all the time from people that are so afraid of failing. And I, I think that in that instance, it's helpful to reflect like, what is failure anyway? Um, I really like the reframe of it's not failure, it's feedback. 
Mm. So, so to have the courage to be open to feedback, to be open to viewing what might first appear as a failure is actually feedback for maybe it's information for you on how to uh, work through a conflict differently or um, how you might have been passive in a situation where you could have been more assertive, something like that. Right. Yeah. And and just to name maybe one more fear that people could identify with where courage could really apply the fear of being alone. And so as a result, when we allow fear to run the show in this example, um, a person might end up settling for what they know is not really in alignment with their true heart's desire. So the courage that could apply in that instance would really be to deepen your connection with yourself. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're not alone with yourself necessarily. You learn how to enjoy your own company, um, at least for a period of time where you kind of strengthen that inner resourcing, that inner agency that um, you begin to build self-trust and self-confidence again, so that fear is not so in the front seat. What do you think is one of the, the, I guess, what is a way to connect with ourselves? Like if we almost feel like we're, gosh, who am I? What's happening? If, you know, something's going on, how, how can we reconnect with ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I wish there was like a step-by-step manual for that. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) What, what comes to mind is really doing some inner questioning or what can be called inner inquiry with yourself. And that would require, you know, a person to go still and quiet enough where the mind's not in such loud chatter that you can't even really connect to something um, beneath all that thinking but asking yourself maybe what really matters to me, what sparks me, what really creates a sense of aliveness in me? Is it a certain type of activity like physical activity, or is it um, engaging with people and stimulating conversation? Um, Is it learning something new, taking on something that, is out of your comfort zone again. Um, asking yourself, what is sacred to me? What what is really truly in my heart of hearts meaningful in my life? I like that. I like those questions a lot. I think that is a great way to connect and with yourself, and also through meditation and. Mm-hmm. Um, where you said letting the mind be still. So there isn't so much chatter going on and it's hard to work through all that when you're trying to come back to your own truth in a way. Mm-hmm. I could see meditation being really um, helpful for people that are really trying to connect with themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The meditation Uh, again, can help us go into that quiet place within 
which is really where wisdom lives. It's not in our brains. Um, it's, it's really in our bodies. And so a uh, practice like meditation is a mindfulness exercise and mindfulness meaning um, really training ourselves to pay attention to the present moment without judgment, preferably with kindness. Um, yeah, where we can really slow down and pause and uh, meditation practices often bring people a sense of clarity that they may not otherwise experience if they're just sort of going about their days or their lives as usual. And it's an opportunity to really connect with um, the body. And a person might try even just for a couple of minutes, just even paying attention to the sensations that are there. Uh, maybe it's they, they choose not to do a guided meditation, but instead in the quiet, like what's my body doing right now? Um, is there tingling? Is there tightness? Is there a squeezing or a constriction? What's here? And can I just be curious about that? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can certainly build upon it from there. Um, maybe in a little bit, we can try one out. Yeah. It connects to courage. Um, but certainly meditation, any mindfulness sorts of practices, formal or informal are very helpful to quiet the thinking mind so that we have access to deeper wisdom within ourselves. Mm. Yes, I, I agree. I think it is hard to find that stillness and that's where, think meditation can really come in is just to provide that. And even if it's, you know, we've talked about this before on other episodes, but even if it's just, you know, starting really slow, a couple minutes a day, one minute a day, just doing some deep breathing, just letting that mind be still and seeing what, what comes and, and, and paying attention to sensations because they often arise when we're still, Mm -hmm. when we're go, 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 go we maybe don't notice them as much, um, because we are on autopilot, just going about our day and just go, go, go all the time that we are, um, maybe, and maybe we do notice them, but we avoid them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it can build, uh, a tolerance you might say, or help increase our threshold for discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're such a pleasure seeking society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of back to that fear piece, we tend to avoid fear or anxiety or discomfort at all costs. And as a result, we end up sometimes dulling ourselves or numbing ourselves out or settling for less than what we know sparks us, um, which then we can so easily lose sight of what's really alive and rich and what truly matters in our lives. And in that sense, when we become more aware of our internal state, our sensations, perhaps our emotions, the tendency to react or be impulsive or shut down lessens. Mm-hmm. And, and through that process, it's like courage is actually also growing in us because certainly it takes courage to stay with discomfort, at least yes. in my experience. Absolutely. It's not enjoyable. No, absolutely. It it really takes discipline and focus and, um, the, the courage to be with what we don't like. 
Right. And um, that way it, it carries over into daily life because it's a way to sort of build our resilience around uh, difficult circumstances, difficult relationships or interactions when we can be more aware and present with what's happening internally so that our responses externally are uh, very skillful or more skillful perhaps than they normally would be otherwise. Right. And I think sometimes I run myself through this scenario sometimes when I'm, when I have to make a difficult decision or when I, when I do find that fear is, is, is present. Um, I'll say, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen here? And then I'll walk myself through those things. And I'm like, well, that's not so bad. And then I'll, then I'll, then it kind of gives me a little bit of like courage to just be like, okay, let's go ahead and do this. You know, what is the worst thing that can happen in my mind? What can happen here? And, and that, and then it just, I don't know, kind of breaks it down a little bit and, and, um, doesn't make it seem as scary. Mm -hmm. At least that's worked for me, um, in different scenarios. Um, because I think we, you know, our inner guide, you know, really guides us onto what path we should be on and what things really do excite us or inspire us. And when there is maybe an opportunity that presents itself Mm -hmm. And our gut or inner soul guides us towards, oh, that seems kind of cool. That is very interesting to me. But then fear comes in and says, wait a second. Mm -hmm. What if this happens? And what if people make fun of you? And what if you don't sound awesome? And what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then you're like, okay, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do it. And in those situations, that's out of it. Yeah. We kind of talk ourselves out of it. And so, um, I think it, it does, that has helped me, but maybe you have some other little tools that when you're noticing something like that happening, where something interests you, but then these things start popping up these little, like, it kind of reminds me of, you know, that game, like I remember playing it like showbiz pizza or Chuck E. Cheese where those little gophers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where those gophers pop up and you smack their, I I imagine that kind of happening when something is interesting. And then all these little gopher heads start popping up and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just slowly start whacking them away until you can tell the the board is clean or the game is over. Um, but Mm -hmm. I, I think of that a little bit when we're, um, talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a game of whack-a-mole when we're, we're just either trying to push away the fear or reason it away. Um, like what you're saying, when you kind of walk yourself through the what ifs, do you notice that when you do that sort of internal dialogue, maybe with yourself, how do you feel once you've walked through each fear? Like, do you feel empowered? Do you feel more hopeful? Do you feel persuaded to go along with the fear? I like recently a, a situation came up um, and I walked myself through it and it just helped me. It helped me face the fear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Once I, it, it definitely empowered me, I would say, because I felt like 
once I really labeled them, and I think I even said them out loud, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's not bad. Let's say that does happen. Well, then if that happens, I'll just try to do X. And then of course, that thing that I worried about did not even happen, but that was the, what if, right? That was the, that was that thing. Okay. What if this happens? And then I just like, you know, prepared myself a little bit for that, which once again is like, you know, then that brings up a whole nother topic of like worry and anxiety about this. What if, Yeah. but when I walked myself through it, I was like, this, this is really not that big of a deal. If that happens. Oh, well, then it just, in this scenario, it wasn't, it wasn't a big issue, mm-hmm. but, um, I could see how we could get in this loop though. Of yeah, like, yeah. like and this so was, if you, if you don't have the discipline to get out of the loop and stop the, what if thinking, I would say, don't even go there. Yeah. Um, but it, right. if you can, if you can hold the discipline around, like, okay, I, I'm just going to let myself entertain maybe two or three fear-based worst case catastrophic scenarios. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back to what is my choice. Um, but also like, um, you know, just noticing what it's like to not choose courage. Um, uh, well-known right. mindfulness teacher Ram Das, who's now passed, um, would say, you know, go ahead and do your old way until you're fed up with it. So if, if you run your life and make decisions out of fear, go ahead and keep doing that until you you're really tired of it. Um, but you might consider, you know, what are the consequences of continuing to abandon my true self or to abandon what really matters to me? Um, what, what are the consequences of continuing to mask my deepest longings or ignore them or to stay small and not express the fullness of who I I am. I mean, that can be pretty devastating to realize. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you say it like that, it's like, oh my God, that is just, it's sad, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a second. That is just, yeah, that's very devastating and not fun. Like that's not even living. Right. It's living a half-life. Absolutely. So on the flip side, you know, and people could maybe reflect on this right now as you're listening. Um, Think about a time where you have honored your truth, where a choice you made was really in alignment with your values or your passions or what really mattered to you. Mm -hmm. And you might notice like even just the remembering of that experience, you you might feel like this inner strength um, enhancing and really courage expands from there and, and vice versa is true too. So choosing courage helps build inner trust. It grows strength. And we're actually developing new neural pathways in the brain when we choose courage, despite being scared. Mm. So it's sort of like teaching the body and the mind and the soul that it's safe, not typically life-threatening or dangerous to choose the harder, but definitely more authentic path. I love that. That is so true. And it's, it's just, you know, I think we, we do worry about 
the outcomes of things and mm-hmm. failure. Like you talked about before the fear of failure and, and maybe letting ourselves down, letting other people down through decisions, mm-hmm. um, that maybe are in our best interest, but aren't in other people's best interest. Sometimes that's, that's hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are really afraid of failure. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly just to expand on that, even, um, sometimes I hear people say, well, isn't it selfish to do what matters to me? And I often respond with, well, I suppose that's one way to look at it. Um, and there's always more than one way to look at things. So a person might also imagine the impact on the people they do love and care about when they're not living their fullest life. Like, you know, the impact that that will be your legacy to your children, perhaps that that's sort of like modeling to them to also live small or mask or hide or minimize or reduce a part of themselves on behalf of other people, which you know, it was probably not what you're wanting to pass on. No. Um, and, and really connecting again to how energizing and creative and passionate a person can feel when um, they choose something that includes courage, that really lines up with uh, what really has meaning for them. Well, and I think when we do make a courageous decision that is in, you know, that's, that isn't, that follows our own truth. It's amazing what other things can happen. Mm-hmm. Like other little doors start opening for us, or it's almost like walking through this door and there's all this light, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, whoa. You know, sometimes like, why did it take me so long to make that decision? (laughs) Like this is, this has been the best thing ever. And, and I do think that it, it, it does, it does take you really understanding who you are and connecting with self. Um, I love how you talked about that because we do, if we're, if we're true to our authentic self, and we stay true to that, these courageous decisions become easier for us because we know that we are staying true to ourselves. And it is hard because sometimes, like I said, we are making decisions that other people, A, may not agree with, and Mm -hmm. people may say naughty things or do bad things to us or say things about us that then that that's hard to process too. But at the end of the day, like it's your life. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to lead that, then what is the point? I mean, of just going through the day, like not being happy and getting in this crazy downward spiral of not staying true to yourself. I mean, that just doesn't sound like a fun way to live to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, you know, living a half versus a whole or full life and, and use the word authentic. And I think that's a really important part to keep in mind with courage is when we choose courage, we essentially are choosing authenticity 
and we're allowing vulnerability, which authenticity and vulnerability can be very scary things to apply for the reasons you spoke of in terms of what other people might say or do or think. And it can certainly ensure that we're living a life true to who we are. I really like how Brene Brown says, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome, mm-hmm. but you were just mentioning stuff. I love that. And, and she says, when you shut down vulnerability, you shut down opportunities. So like you were just talking about the doors opening up. So when we shut our, a part of ourselves off to who we are at our core, we do, we shut down opportunity and possibility in our lives. Right. Which is sad. It, yeah. You know, it's not living our fullest expression and, and, um, we end up living a life that is like, like you said, like half living and that's, mm-hmm. that's no fun. And that can cause so many other issues down the road. I'm sure it can cause health issues, mental health issues, um, different illnesses, um, through just not, you know, being true to yourself. I could see mm-hmm. how that could then get into these other things, these other ailments that aren't fun to deal with in addition to yeah. not living your full life. But yeah, so um, it's like a part of us has to constrict rather than remain open. Mm-hmm. And so when we're living in this constricted way, um, while it might be familiar. And so again, it might have this false sense of comfort. It, it does have a long-term impact on our life, ourself. Um, and then of course the people we care about. So it's, um, yeah, it, I mean, I do want to acknowledge how scary it can be to leave behind the familiar, even if there's unhappiness in it, it whether that's a relationship or, a job or where you live geographically. So once again, just considering the impact on you when you're choosing something that doesn't line up with your deepest longing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, how do we, how, what's, what's a way to kind of work through it? Like, let's say we had to make a decision or we're, we're not that we have to make a decision that let's say we really are longing to make a career change. Mm -hmm. You know, we know deep down that this career is not working for us. Uh, you know, the, your manager is not treating you kindly and you know, but it's a financially, you know, stable, it's paying your mortgage. It's, you know, doing all those things, but we know we need to make a change how could you guide someone like that to have the courage to kind of take that next step into diving deeper and discovering, okay, I really need to have the courage to do this. I just don't know how, I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe we can even broaden that out, whether it's making a change with a job or a relationship again, or, um, Maybe it's even like speaking up 
to a family member or a colleague or a close friend if you're invested in that relationship. Um, just to maybe see if there's like a broader context that it can apply to. Yeah. So I would go back to those questions that we were talking about just a little bit ago of, you know, what are the consequences? And remember, consequences can be positive or negative or sometimes neutral. Um, what's What are the consequences of staying in this? Like, what's the impact mm-hmm. on me? And, you know, staying in your own lane with this reflection. Um, because once we start to try and figure out, well, how is this going to impact, you know, this and that and the other, we can get kind of lost and a bit maybe entangled right. with someone else's process. So unless, of course, the exception would be if it was like your children, you, you certainly want to consider the impact on your children. But generally speaking with adults, stay with yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what's what's the potential consequence when I stay and what's the potential consequence if I choose to leave or go or change, make a change, um, which will naturally bring up fear and probably anxiety. And it can be helpful to really stay with that fear and anxiety long enough to notice what else is there. So the language I like to use is it can be called parts language. So it might be like a part of me is scared, but there's also a part of me that's excited and energized and feels motivated or enthused about the possibilities that could lie ahead. And we can always choose which part of ourselves we want to listen to. Oh, I like that. That's a really, that's really cool. That's a really neat way of describing it. Yeah. So let's say we choose to listen to the part that's excited and hopeful and um, enthusiastic. Well, of course, there's logistics always. And so I also feel like that process of healthily balancing out the logistics of something and also the emotional impact of something. Because we don't ever want to, you know, make decisions from a completely logical place. And we don't want to make decisions from a completely emotional place. So to have both in check. And if you can tune into the logic side of things, but also how you're impacted emotionally based on what you decide to do next. Mm -hmm. So you can certainly always choose to proceed in small steps. So maybe let's say if it's um, speaking up to somebody, we'll start with maybe something a bit smaller. Maybe you write out what you'd like to say and let yourself have a few drafts because sometimes the first one can come from a place of anger, blame, or judgment. Um, But you might notice as you let yourself draft those that confidence begins to build. And again, there's that, close sibling with courage. Um, it, it takes confidence to apply courage. So that that might be a way to work through something like that. Or um, if it's a relationship, maybe you decide to first talk with the person about uh, the issues that you see and the needs that you have. And um, again, your deepest longings and what, what really matters to you so that you can 
walk through really any of these situations with the fewest regrets as possible. Maybe in a job, it might be asking for a raise. Maybe that's where you start before you decide to completely leave. Or maybe you take up some volunteer work or service or a hobby of some sort that reflects something truer to your yourself. And meanwhile, you keep the job so that you can pay your bills and keep your house and your car and whatever else. Right. Um, so definitely getting creative with it. Yeah, I like that. I mean, those are really great ways to start and small steps, I think doesn't make it seem so overwhelming. Like I don't like my job. I'm going in and I'm quitting tomorrow and yeah, oh, I mean, whoops, I have a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. That's a little extreme, yeah. but I think just taking a step back, we talked about it on the last episode that we did podcast together about pausing, mm-hmm. like taking that pause and that time to do some reflection and, and those smaller steps kind of working, working through it. Um, you know, talking to, to your boss, maybe it's asking for a raise. Maybe it's talking to your partner about things that aren't serving you in the relationship, just slowly, slowly starting there and then see where that leads. Um, and I know even some of those things bring up fear, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to talk to my boss about asking for a raise, or I'm nervous to talk to my partner So that's where, that's another layer of having more, having some courage there too. Um, And again, noticing like, okay, there's some nervousness and what else? What else? Um, Like if you can imagine the relief you might feel when you just take that hard step. It can be so helpful to remember the many moments where you displayed courage in your life. Like, again, maybe that was, something like saying no to someone or saying yes to something or apologizing um, or really just doing anything out of your comfort zone. You may remember how your body felt or how it feels in your body now to just recall that memory and to definitely stay with what's, what shows up in your body after the initial panic and fear because there'll be more. It won't just be that. Mm-hmm. And to just stay curious and patient with whatever arises to notice that, okay, there might be some warmth here, or there's some energy moving through that previously felt stuck when I thought I was stuck. Um, a lot of times people report feeling like spaciousness for this expansion Uh, or a coolness in their body from the previous heat when they can really stay with their internal experience. Mm. And so when we can connect to that through these many moments of where we've displayed courage, um, that, that can also grow our confidence to apply the courage once again. And it's like anything we practice, it grows stronger. So you might think of it like a muscle. Yeah. The more you work it, the bigger it will grow. Mm-hmm. And it's it can really begin to be in life and do life in a way that feels truer to who you are. I love how you said that it you'll notice how or you may notice how 
by having this conversation, like with your boss or with your partner, um, you might feel some relief. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that feeling like when you said that it was almost like weight was even lifted off my shoulders, just hearing you say it, because that relief can be such a freeing experience. And when we're holding something like that around for so long, that can be so heavy and it can weigh on us. It can affect our sleep. It affects our eating, affects our exercising, everything. When we have something really heavy like that, that we are trying to process. And so I think taking those smaller steps is such an important piece to start feeling that relief and no, and, and starting to feel like, Oh, okay. That felt, that wasn't as bad as I thought would be. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that reminds me of a William Faulkner quote that says, you cannot swim for new horizons until you have courage to lose sight of the shore. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. True. Yeah. Very true. Another teacher, Pema Chodron, says something similar about learning to swim in the river rather than clinging to the shore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's again, it's this choice we have to take risks um, or to stay, play it safe, but safe I'm, I'm using loosely. Like it's a false sense of safety to cling to our old ways or to grip onto only what's familiar rather than venturing out to try something new and different. And when we do venture out and, and have the courage, we, we oftentimes really do feel better about ourselves and we, our self-confidence grows. And usually that's where amazing things start happening. And all these, like I said, little doors open and the possibilities are kind of endless because it's like all that darkness kind of starts going away and it's all this light starts appearing around us mm-hmm. as we continue to stay true and have courage and and take some risks. I mean, it's you know, definitely a crazy journey sometimes going through life. And, um, but I know the times I've taken risks in my own life, they always are, are very rewarding in, in so many different ways, even Mm -hmm. though the process can sometimes be painful. It, it, on the other side, it generally is, is very rewarding, but it does take courage to take that first step, um, and take that leap and just go for it. And, and, and it's all a learning experience. I mean, you will learn so much about yourself going through the process mm-hmm. and going, okay, next time I, sh- maybe I will do it this way or if this, but now I know if, if my son ever needs help with something like this, I can maybe guide him on how to process it or deal with something, you know, similar so there's, there's so much that can, that can come out of it, but gosh, it just doesn't seem like a very fun way to live by just staying like so hooked on old ways and patterns mm-hmm. and things yeah, that aren't serving no us. Yeah. There's no growth in it. And 
you know, not everyone's interested in growth. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I Darn mean, it. I be a person that is. And to me, it's like, there's, there's, what's the point if we're not growing? Um, there's a palliative nurse that wrote a book called the five regrets of people dying based off of working in a hospice. And the number one regret people reported, I'm just going to say it word for word from her book. It says, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life truer to myself, not the life others expected of me. And one other courage, one of the five was, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. And I, I feel like that's really telling to hear that wisdom from people at the end of their days. Those regrets they were dying with and um, to, to let that in our hearts, perhaps um, be motivation or be an inspiration to do it differently. So again, we can leave this earth with the fewest regrets as possible. Yeah, that's... That's crazy. I, I'm, I'm not surprised though. I mean, I, I hear so many people say, I wish I would have done X mm-hmm. or so many people say when I'm this, I will do this. And it's like, okay, why not just do it now? Um, you know, just, just go for it. But it, it, it's, we just have to get, get out of our own way and just really, work through things and, and small steps. And I love some of the tools you, you gave us on how we can really cultivate courage and, and, and try to remain true to ourselves because it, it, it is very hard sometimes very, very hard. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely, I would say it's, it's harder. It's harder to choose courage than it is to choose the old pattern or the old status quo. It is. I often hear myself saying, if it's hard, it's probably what's healthy or good for you because the the healthy way is usually the harder way. Yeah. Have you had to make any courageous decisions lately in your life? Um, oh yeah. So many, (laughs) so many on the, on the scale of big, middle, small, um, yeah, just, I would say from a divorce to um, allowing there to be room to go outside my private practice therapy room and uh, branch off into some teaching roles. Um, that definitely took courage and felt scary and certainly unknown. I had no idea where it would go. Um, yeah but you're enjoying it though. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. And, yeah. And, um, but all the time, I think, you know, even as a parent, there's constantly decisions that take courage and that can even be saying no to our kids when it brings them great pain. Yeah. Um, or insisting that they do something despite them declining or not wanting to. Mm-hmm. You know, that that can take courage and 
and really at the heart of it, I think you said this earlier about the outcome thing. It's, it's this ability to see a situation through with no guarantee of the outcome that you might think you want and doing it anyway, acting mm-hmm. from your heart's desire anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it's like, what's, what's for the greater good here? Um, yes, I don't like my child sad and protesting and yet for the greater good of their well-being and their ability to navigate the world this is what needs to happen yeah 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 it it does it takes courage to keep our hearts open even in the face of fear man it really does I mean it yeah I feel like um being courageous kind of sometimes happens daily. It's like, oh man, here we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another, another decision to make, but it is an opportunity for growth and, and viewing it, looking at it from the positive side, instead of just seeing it as a, oh, here we go again. Just looking at it from that way can make it seem like it's a little bit of an adventure instead of this real dread, you know? Yeah, um, we may bring like this sense of curiosity and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I have this magnet on my fridge and throwing in a lot of quotes, but I love them. And sometimes yeah. they, people, they resonate with people. It says, uh, then came the time when the risk it took to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm-hmm. That's another really good one. Yeah. Yes, you, you've like always blossoming. got good quotes. You've always yeah. got good quotes. Let, letting ourselves blossom and flourish. Yeah. And, and just going for it. And it is, it is hard, but, um, when we stay true to ourselves, it's always good. It's, it's, Ultimately. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's and it's full but ultimately it's yeah it's what's nourishing and mm-hmm. yeah it, it can really connect us it does connect us to that aliveness yeah like, and and you know no one else is going to make these decisions for you like you really have to dig deep and and make difficult decisions on your own and for your own life and your own path because it's you that's walking in the shoes and walking through the life, you know, nobody else, not your husband, not your best friend, not your mom, not your dad. It's you, it's your life. You are the, you know, navigator of your own life. And so who else is going to do it? Right. <laughs> you, no you know, one. <laughs> you got it waiting a long time. If you, you want to be, be waiting waiting like those poor people in hospice care saying, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have had the courage to live my life, how I really, truly wanted to do to live it, you know? And so, um, well, maybe you can do a little meditation for us, a little guided for that. I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can, we can certainly close with this, maybe just a little five minute reflection. That would be great. Yeah. So if you want to bring yourself into a comfortable posture, nothing that feels too 
rigid or again, constricted, but where you feel supported and also comfortable. And that might be sitting, even standing or lying down. And this practice is going to guide us into a reflection of what we might call our future self. So if future self doesn't resonate with you, you might choose language like your higher self or your wiser self or awakened heart. So you can adjust in a way that feels relevant for you. So imagine that you are journeying into the future. Maybe it's five or 10 or 20 years ahead where you encounter this future self, higher self, awakened heart, whichever term you like. In whatever case, this is an older, more evolved version of you. And you might visualize this future self speaking to you and looking at you and wanting to impart wisdom to you related to living a life that's true to who you really are. It's true to your heart's longings. So you may notice what comes up as you consider what, what is my heart's longing? What are my deepest longings? Is it to live in a way without holding back, love without holding back? Is it to be of service or to be the best parent, spouse, worker, person you can be? Maybe it's to live a life of creativity and innovation. Maybe that really energizes you. Just notice what genuinely comes up. So sometimes there's a goal that might arise, like um, I want to travel to these places or I want to lose this weight or uh, accomplish this amount in my earnings. And if that's the case, just see if you, underneath that you can connect to what drives that. Like if it's travel, maybe you have this longing to connect to the world on a larger scale, or if it's your earnings or money or status related, maybe it's to have a sense of belonging or meaning. If it's to be the best version of you in a certain role you play in life, maybe your longing is to give back or leave a legacy that will be one you feel good about. So as you're connecting to that longing, just notice what your future self might convey now. With complete kindness, acceptance, encouragement, And in return, you might let your future self know what feels challenging 
to get there, to get to your heart's longing. You might let your future self know where you feel insecure or uncertain. And just see what happens when you open yourself to hearing what your future self has to say in return. Maybe it's sending the message that it's safe to take small steps or that while it's scary to speak up, it can bring a sense of relief and peace and freedom to your heart. There might be some message from your future self letting you know that it will be okay in the end that you're doing the best you can and to trust yourself. Maybe that's the message. So whatever's coming to you, none of it is right or wrong. Just notice what you would like to remember from this short meditation and apply to your life. And notice how your body feels when you take in this message or messages that have resonated with you. Maybe you notice again that space opening up or a warm temperature inside. Maybe you notice the movement of energy or almost like a tingling or a vibrating even. And just know that this wisdom that you may have connected to in this practice is always at your disposal. It's always there. You can connect to it anytime you want or need to. You might take a few bigger breaths now before you let your attention come back to the room and the space that you're in. Even just noticing if you're able to allow whatever energy moved or even got stuck in that short practice, just to breeze through, flow through you and release now. Thank you for your attention on that. Thank you, Anna. That was, that was awesome. I love the, um, future self. Um, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. It can be a helpful image or visual to connect to at any moment, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's from that place of, is this where I want to be in five years? Do I, in five years, do I want to be saying, I wish I'd had the courage? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that was good. I think that's really good. Thank you. That was awesome. A little meditation and, um, what, anything else about courage that we didn't cover that you think that we need to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could talk for another probably three hours about this, but 
about everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that was probably a lot to take in and digest. Um, hopefully it was helpful that we kind of went over it in a few different ways, some of the same ideas, but with some different contexts or examples. I don't have anything to add. Yeah, no, I think that that was great. Um, I, um, wanted to read a little quote too, um, to kind of finish us up. I don't know. Have you, have you read the book, the dance of fear by Dr. Harriet Lerner? Oh, yes. 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 She has wonderful. She has the dance of intimacy, the dance of connection. I recommend all her stuff. Sure. Yes. Yes. So she, she of anger is another good one. Yeah. The dance of anger. Um, so she has the dance of fear and she says, it is not fear that stops you from doing the brave and true thing in your daily life. Rather, the problem is avoidance. You want to feel comfortable. So you avoid doing or saying the thing that will evoke fear and other difficult emotions. Avoidance will make you feel less vulnerable in the short run, but it will never make you feel less afraid. Mm, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So, um, stepping out of your comfort zone, that's, uh, that's what we can all strive to do. Um, and remembering the long-term impact of our decisions, like it, it might feel like we're we're taking care of something in the short term, but like she said, the long-term impact is sometimes devastating. Yes. Yes, for sure. And, um, well, this has been, this has been great. It's it's, this was a good one. I'm so glad we were able to talk about this amazing topic and I totally appreciate your time, Anna, once again, fourth time on my podcast. Yes, yay. <laughs> so fun. And, um, I really appreciate your time tonight and, and I, I look forward to doing more. Yes. Always, always happy to be here. Thank you as always for having me. Yes. And we will talk soon. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to ritual by Sage Bourne. For daily inspiration, check out our ritual dice at sageborn.com and follow us at Sageborn Skincare. Thanks again. Until next time.